0: Hello, welcome to the Faultline Social Podcast. Today I'm talking to Chris Collis of the band TTNG or This Town Needs Guns. Um, we go briefly over how the band started, how Chris is getting on during the pandemic. We talk about writing styles and his sort of favourite records that they've recorded, some of his favourite producers and just general shows and tour life with the band um yeah i hope you guys enjoy Uh, how are you coping throughout the pandemic currently
1: um it's been all right i mean we haven't been obviously we haven't been able to meet up as a band or anything so that's like put everything on hold for the last year which is which has been tough but um we've all been kind of getting on with our own stuff in the meantime really um it doesn't it doesn't aid being creative particularly.
0: So have you guys not managed to meet up at all for like a year now.
1: No, because we we all live in different cities, so we're not, we haven't actually oh. been allowed to travel to see each other. Oh, Wow. Um, so that's not, it's not been great. So but, did you,
0: did you have like much planned for like last
1: year and this year? Well, we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to be starting like writing a new album, um, but um, that hasn't happened. <laughs> so, wow, I know it um, is. Rubbish. Yeah, we will do as soon as we're allowed to meet up again and, um, and go uh, see if we can remember how to play our instruments.
0: <laughs> so, what are you doing like creatively was to doing all the, whilst you're in the pandemic? Is
1: um, well, Tim's just moved house. Um, Henry's been working on like some video stuff, like that he's been doing on his own and his own music. Okay. And then um, I kind of write electronic music as well, so I've been, wow. been mainly doing that. Really, just to keep keep, keep something busy. happening. Yeah, yeah, but there's no no access to a drum kit or
0: anything, so I haven't been able to. I'm been able to play. Oh, that's fair. So yeah. I feel like I'm finding at the minute where like obviously I play in bands as well, but I'm yeah. just finding at the moment where I'm just like not creative at all. I'm just like I've got guitars upstairs and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. what's the point? Kind of thing. I know it's kind of it's rubbish. Really yeah. I should be like a bit more positive about it and have all this stuff sort of ready for when it's over. But I don't know. Yeah.
1: No, it all feeds into each room. other, really, because like the vibe you get when you're in a room with other people is like so
0: beautiful. different.
1: Yeah, so just sitting there on your own is not, especially because everyone's a bit depressed with being in and not seeing anyone all the time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, okay. Talk to me a little bit about um, TTNG then, how it all started.
1: Ooh, how it started. Um, well, it started when uh, Tim and Stu, who's the old singer, as everyone probably knows, um, they were at uni together. Okay. And um, I think they just like met up. This was before I joined, because I didn't join until um, 2005. So they'd been going a couple of years before, but they were a very different kind of um, band at that point. Oh, really? Um, a bit more... Shouty and uh, a bit more <laughs> Biffy Clyro, like early Biffy Clyro. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. And uh, and at that time I was playing in another band, it was kind of like heavy math rock, like shellac kind of thing. Okay, cool. And uh, and then their drummer left, so I, I said, Oh, I'll just come and I'll come down and just help you out, like play some shows while you're looking for someone else. And then just ended up working out and then kind of managed to weasel in the uh, time signature <laughs> influence and stuff, and then it all kind oh, of. Well. All kind of went from there so yeah in the end worked out pretty well
0: so when you joined them, there was no like odd time signatures or anything like that though? um i
1: don't think they were really playing much maybe maybe just like basic like three four stuff and oh, they okay. just started to branch out into um into some of that stuff when i joined but then we kind of went a bit crazy afterwards um because we me and tim both got into owls and made believe and they were playing some really weird music and um tool one of my favorite bands. Okay, um, cool, yeah. so like when I heard the album *Lateralis*, that really opened my eyes to time signatures and, and the kind of insane stuff you could do with it. So <clears throat> we tried to bring that in to just the like indie pop side of of stuff and like marry the two things together, really. But yeah.
0: So, so did your brother join after you, or did he?
1: No, join? he joined first. He was like, it was. I think it was Stu started the band. And then Tim joined pretty quickly afterwards when Stu was looking for um, guitar players and stuff. And then, so they were playing for about two or three years before, before I joined, yeah.
0: Okay, so talk, talk to me a little bit about sort of your influences and stuff then, because obviously you say like tall and all these odd time signatures. What made you yeah. start play drums and those? Sort of- well,
1: from a drumming point of view, um, I'd say the Smashing Pumpkins are my favourite band. Yeah, Jimmy that. Chamberlain was like, He's been my idol, like ever since I started playing. He's
0: such a he's such an underrated drummer, I think.
1: Oh, I know right? he's amazing. Yeah, I was catching him
0: at Download, I think, um, yeah. just before the pandemic hit, and I just thought he was phenomenal. I, yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a special Pumpkins fan too, but I just feel like on record is doesn't really outshine like he does when he's live. He's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's so good. I like it. I like him a lot. So he's got a very good style. Um, so there's him and Danny Carey, the tall drummer. Other two though were kind of the most influential. But then, um, then I started listening to Owls and Maybelieve, and so that's Mike Kinsella who drums in Owls, and then yeah. Nate Kinsella his cousin, uh, plays in Maybelieve, and he he was insane because he plays this bizarre kit ke- that has a keyboard like over the bass drum, and he's playing oh. keyboard and drums at the same time. I was just like, what the hell? Um, and he plays really bizarre time signatures and weird polyrhythms all while playing the keyboard at the same time so that was that is crazy I need to up my game this guy's insanely good wow um, that's crazy so yeah from that's from my point of view I think when when I first joined the band and we all started listening to Owls um, American Football Made Believe you know all the kind of Kinsella bands oh, together um, that really had a big influence on when we first started and stuff um, which is probably pretty apparent from the early music we were writing yeah. Um, so because anymore,
0: but yeah, yeah, because of the style of music that you guys are, what was the scene like in Oxford? Because I was... it was
1: pretty, it was pretty good. I mean, Oxford wasn't great for music. Um, it was for for a kind of for a short period. We had loads of good bands coming through, and then then it kind of stopped. But um, yeah, I mean, there was like Falls were from there, um, yeah, so yeah, they were yeah. they were kind of just getting big around the time we were. Um, just starting and stuff, or maybe there were a bit. Like, I can't really remember. Um, and then Radiohead header from there, so there's some yeah. kind of like, best band in the world. You know, has has some kind of history musically. Um, but yeah, there was loads of loads of bands playing and stuff, and there was a really oh. nice scene. Um, you know, we could all play like local shows in the in the pub and the, the pubs around Oxford and stuff together with with some other friends and stuff. So yeah, it was good. I mean, I haven't been back there for so long now. I oh, do you know, not live there anymore no no none of it i mean tim lives kind of close to oxford okay. um henry lives in london and i live in brighton now so oh, wow. um so yeah we've all lived apart for ages which doesn't aid yeah i get um, yeah but that's hard isn't it because, but, <laughs> yeah I mean, we all work we all work full time and like trying to meet up we all work on different days so it's really really hard now to to get together um so we'll have to make more effort as soon as we're allowed to see each other and, Hopefully it becomes a bit easier. But.
0: So obviously, um, you talk about the scene in like Oxford and playing shows and stuff. When was sort of the time where you guys were like, "Wow, we can make more of this. Like this could actually be more um, successful than we think."
1: Uh, I don't. It's it's hard really because when when we all lived in Oxford, we were we were all working full time and we had to play shows after work, which was really really tiring to be honest. And we put a lot of effort and hard work into it for like you wouldn't get paid you'd like get your petrol covered work till five drive up to leeds play the show drive back get home at like two in the morning get up for work do that for like two weeks on the truck was a tour and it was exhausting but um through that it was just like word of mouth kind of built up a little bit and then um bsm put out animals which was it did okay i think it didn't get like rated very highly when it first came out um and then something happened where uh sergeant house wanted to license it just in america just to see you know how it would go and from that it kind of like kind of blew up a little bit i don't know if we were in the right place at the right time but we kind of got linked in with the math scene and you know it was like um and so that was good and we've kind of managed to stick around for quite a long time, which I think helps, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. your
1: band on the radar because you're still a band, even though we had to go through changes and like, it's been hard over the last 10 years to keep it going with everyone's life changes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think like signing, starting house going and doing our first American tour really was when we were like, wow, there's a lot of people in America that are into this music and I think it was just the right time there where Math Rock seemed to be kinda of getting yeah. big again. And we were we were kind of just there at the right. a good time. Yeah. But yeah, it was really it was really good. And we could then go back to America like twice a year, keep keep going. And it was just like putting all that effort in again to to go back and do the tours and it getting bigger each time and stuff. So
0: Cool. So, talk to me a little bit about the first time you went to America. Then, what were the sort of bands that you played with and the scenes um, like? We,
1: we went on tour with another Sergeant House band at the time, which who were called Native, okay. and uh, they were a bit heavier and um, but kind of like similar, like really really nice guys. And um, and we just played some really really small. Shows in like cafes and little bars and stuff, but because it was in America and we've never been before, it was like absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. So we just did a little tour with them just around the kind of um Midwest, I think it was around Chicago area and stuff. Had a great time, that went down quite well. And then we um then we went back with and so I watched with my okay um, I think, or maybe it was Terra, I can't remember who the first tour was, it might have been Terra Mellos. Again, and uh, you know, they were both on Sergeant House at the time, and um, and yeah, all of those tours were just really, really good and um, just getting better, better each time, bigger venues, more people, and yeah, I think the one time we played a show in Chicago, and I remember looking out the window, and it was like, Q was like all the way around the block, and I was like, oh wow, like this, we're doing all, we're doing all right, now. <laughs> so that was the first time it really hit me. Wow, so would you say?
0: that that moment where you looked out that window and you saw that line would you say that was the sort of moment when you were like oh my god we are sort of bigger than we actually think we are kind of Um,
1: it's (laughs) really hard to gauge, really because that's i mean we're not a big band still we just do it because we like playing music together and, and we've been very lucky that that people kind of um can take something from the music and have been very supportive and stuff but yeah i guess so maybe one of those tours where we actually like sold out some shows and um you know, and you can actually see the volume of people coming in. You're like, oh, you know, this is crazy like, compared to the 30 people are playing in a pub in Oxford and now we're in, like, Chicago in front of, like, four, 500 people playing shows and stuff. And Yeah.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So, I mean, I saw you guys play uh, Arc Tangent, I think, in maybe 2016. And that's mm-hmm. got to be in, I don't, mean, I don't know how many people go to that festival, to be fair, but yeah, there's no a yeah. few people watching that.
1: Yeah, so that festival's always been good. Um, to be honest, we played it we played it nearly every year for like a few years straight. So um we had to we had to be like, no, we can't keep we can't keep coming back each year. It's kinda of boring for everyone. Yeah. Um,
0: I guess that is probably the only festival, big festival in the UK that is that caters to like math rock and
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kinda of changing a bit now because looking at the lineup is it's gone. Pretty heavy and, and kind of moved away from Matherop. But certainly, like when it first started, um, that was a really good festival because it was just like all our friends in a, in a yeah. field and like watching loads of, of good bands playing. And yeah.
0: Yeah, I it's think been, the, uh, the lineup when I went was insane. I think it was like American football on the Sunday. Uh, Godspeed you Black Emperor, and front like this yeah standards. that one was so good it was like insane
1: yeah That's that one was, a, that was awesome yeah I've always had such a good time at that festival they're really nice the guys that organise it and um, it's got such a good vibe to it yeah so always happy to go um, but yeah I mean it's always been fun playing there we always, we always get a good crowd and um, yeah it's a very enjoyable experience to get to hang out for the weekend and stuff with everyone
0: yeah for sure um, so Talk to me a little bit how you keep the momentum going, because obviously you say you've been a band for such a long time. I actually didn't yeah. realise it was a band for that long, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a fan, but I didn't actually realise it was that long kind of thing. So talk to me a little bit about how you keep the momentum going over the years.
1: Yeah, well, time time has time certainly gone pretty quick. <laughs> but when I think that I've been in the band for like 15 years now, it's been pretty insane. But um, yeah, I guess like the momentum was just being excited about i mean we still are excited about playing music together and um i guess the challenges were you know when people we've had lineup changes where like Stu had children and like couldn't tour and then there's the whole kind of like well we either don't tour very much and like stay is this lineup or we try and push it and, and tour and have to get him replaced which was a real big moment like replacing the vocalist um, yeah. was was pretty major thing but henry did an amazing job like stepping into um to do the vocals for us and then when jamie left for you know the same reasons kind of um you know life changes and stuff where he couldn't tour anymore and then henry took over and playing bass as well so he's like just doing it just doing two people's jobs oh. um, yeah, keeping it going was like right at the start, even though it was tough. Probably the most tiring thing ever it was like yeah. going to work and then driving, doing these tours, coming back. It was just yeah. the enjoyment of, of being in a and it being a new experience and stuff. And then, um and then down the line, it's um, yeah, it hasn't changed. Still love, still love touring, still love playing in front of people. Like, it's really nice to see the effect that you can have. You know, positive effect on people. Um. So that that kind of drives us forward. And the main thing, really, is that I just love playing music with Tim and Henry. So I, keep, I just want to carry on doing that. Everything else is a bonus, really. So
0: Yeah, it's always a sort of a success, isn't it, when you're in a band with people that you enjoy being around? Like yeah.
1: And- yeah. It's so funny on tour because they're both hilarious. So it's just like a, an amazing holiday with two fun
0: people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some added bonuses of, like, traveling around and meeting some nice people. So
0: okay so go into you going on tour with those guys talk to yeah. me about some of the cool cool stories tour stories you've got going what
1: well i don't know how many t- cool t- <laughs> we've got some terrible tour stories <laughs> <laughs> the hong kong like thing was not great um hong kong yeah we got like we got stopped in hong kong on the very last show of the tour um for like playing in this venue that didn't have the right permits oh dear so that was that was a bit stressful and very expensive to get out of Um, but yeah i mean i don't know like there isn't some there isn't like a particular moment it's just the fact that we can travel around the world and like super lucky to be able to do that and meet so many nice people that really go out of their way to make you know you have a good time there and like show you around their cities and and their towns and stuff and like Put you up and feed you and like all this stuff, and it, we just feel very um, grateful that we've been able to, you know, the bands allowed us to go and travel to all these places that we'd never have been able to, you know, before, and like see it in a in a much different way than than as a tourist on holiday. You know, you really get to see like these places and, um, you know, from a normal person's point of view, right? So,
0: So, what are some of the places that you haven't played that you would like to play?
1: Um, I've always wanted to play in Iceland. Um,
0: Oh, sick! Yeah, yeah.
1: I've never. I mean, I've been there on holiday, but we've never, we've never played. I've always wanted to play Iceland Airwaves Festival.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, that's never happened. But even just going there to play a show would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, And then. Australia was cool. I'd like to go to New Zealand, but that's more of a, I just want to go to New Zealand. I yeah. don't know what shows are like there, but I mean, if we could ever do that, would be sweet. Australia is good, but it's pretty much impossible for us to, to play a show there now because it's just so impossible.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to have at least two days off just to travel, haven't you? Really? I know,
1: it's, it's ridiculous. So I don't know if we could ever do that. But um, we went to South America um, early last year, just before the, all the pandemic stuff hit. Um, hit off, so um, that was amazing. I'd really like to go back to Chile, oh, wow. Argentina, and Brazil to play because you know those were amazing. I had such a good experience there, and that was the first time we'd been. So I'm really hoping we can go back.
0: Saturday. That's quite that's quite fortunate, actually. Like just about like touring South crazy. America just before yeah, the
1: literally like two weeks later, and it and so we're just, lucky. <laughs> yeah, everybody got totally stuck there. So.
0: Uh, I was was literally supposed to play Canada in like April last year and it was like bang you're not going sorry I was like oh oh, man
1: where were you going
0: in Canada Uh, we were going to play a festival in Alberta oh
1: yeah cool yeah
0: so we were just we're only flying out for the one sort of festival but like it was the first time we're ever gonna get on a plane go play I love
1: Canada it's so
0: cool I've never been and that's that's another like like kicking the teeth really was the fact that Canada's like a bucket list place for me to visit as well so it was yeah, like yeah. I was going to go there and I was going to play there but no oh, I'm, uh,
1: I'm sure you'll manage it hopefully next year or later this year or something so yeah we'll it see I
0: <laughs> we'll see fingers
1: crossed yeah, Canada's a great place I love it yeah
0: so um, my favourite TTNG album is 13.0.0 oh really cool so alright so just talk to me a little bit about the writing process and what that <laughs> album means and you know
1: yeah, I, to be honest, I r- was really 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 happy with the way that came out. Um record. So the writing with that, I think actually we first started writing when Stu was still in the band because I remember Cat Fantastic had Stu singing on it at one point and um and I think it was like pretty pretty soon after that he left and then we had to then there was a big kind of gap where we were trying to work out what we were going to do and like And then Henry volunteered to sing and stuff. Um, So that was was cool. But yeah, I mean, the way that we normally write songs is Tim would come up with a guitar riff. um, And then he'd like send it to us. And um, at that point, we were meeting up pretty regularly. I think I might have even, I think me and Tim even lived back at home where we had our our stuff set up so that made it really easy for us to be working on things oh no sorry that's not true we were in Oxford I was still living in Oxford at that point um so we'd just go and have band practice all the time um so that was fine so we'd we just like come up with some ideas around his riff and maybe change a little bit and put it together and make it into a song and then Jamie was Jamie was in Oxford with us so that made it really easy and Henry Henry would just travel up um so yeah, I mean most of it most of it happens like that, and then we knew we wanted to record with ed rose who'd um who we'd been a fan of, like we used to listen to the casket lottery a lot, and he recorded okay, yeah. yeah and um, and so we we came down to Brighton to do it here, and uh yeah, it was great. I think we did three three weeks in the studio or something, and it was pretty intense, but really happy with how it came out and stuff, and yeah. So it's pretty pretty good
0: with that. So what's the meaning behind the album then? Like, what does the album title stand for? Well, that
1: came. Uh, oh, it was all to do with the like Mayan Aztec calendar kind of okay. changing of the, because it was just becoming. Um, it was like the, the big cyclical change thing, and um, and like that album is is kind of representative of that. And the thirteen point zero 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 one is like the start. Which is the, the last track on the album, and it's like the start of the new cycle. Yeah. in the Mayan calendar and stuff so it was all linked with that and the original artwork was was kind of um, was the calendar and then when we when we finally went um, over to uh, to Mexico we, we got managed to get a photo in front of it which was pretty good uh, amazing so, yeah we saw the real thing finally which is good that's cool yeah that's cool
0: so what as as, as Chris what's your favourite TTMG record that you was a part of and why
1: Ooh, that is hard um, I'd say it's a bit of a cop out to say all of them but they were all such different experiences mm. like the very first one the self-titled one was we were just we, we were just super excited to be in a recording studio and like recording these songs properly and then Animals was good because we were we were still a nothing band and it was just stuff we'd written in the shed like in the middle of winter freezing cold yeah down in a place and and then getting to hear that recorded was nice. 13, I think, was really when it was like we upped our game with the with the production and stuff, and we actually like got someone we liked in, and then it was like, wow, we're in a like big studio with like a proper a proper person. Um that was cool. And then Disappointment Island, I think. I think I like the sound well, I don't know. It's between 13 and Disappointment Island, but for very different reasons. Like we um we Recorded everything separately on thirteen. So you know, oh. I'd lay down the drums, and then we'd have a, a guide guitar track. I'd do the drums, and we'd like, then we'd replace the bass, and we'd, blah, 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 and we'd do it like like a normal record. Disappointment Island was um, was recorded live to tape, and it was so hard. I found it really difficult because really? you can't make a mistake, and no one can make a mistake because if someone makes a mistake and you've just done the like perfect drum take, you just can't use it because. You know, it's it drove me mad a bit when I'd nail something and someone else would mess it up all the other way around. Like, they'd play perfectly and I'd screw up the drums and then it's, like, written off that take. So I, the other two really liked recording that way, but I found it highly stressful. I'm a bit too much of a perfectionist to um, to leave, like, little mistakes and stuff. So it bothers me a bit that I can hear um, something's wrong in that record. But I think on the whole, it it went pretty well oh wow. um, but yeah
0: oh, fair enough so what was your what's your favorite way to record then is it live or is it
1: i know tim tim certainly prefers to record live yeah. because he he said oh, it was much better you get the vibe of like playing with everyone just like we normally do in band practice but for me i'm much rather have my drums like perfect because it's on a recording and like yeah. if they want to hear me mess it up they can come on watch us live and <laughs> um, that's what happened then so yeah i prefer to like play along with Tim and just be recording the drums because um, it gets the feel across bowl So, you know, I can make sure my drums are perfect without um, pissing anyone off basically, yeah. by getting stuff wrong. And, you know, it's a bit more freeing to try stuff out rather than um, Disappointment Island. I was like, oh, I better not try and throw in this fill here in case I mess it up. <laughs> like, it's another 10 minutes wasted Like going back to to try this take again. So...
0: So, what was the favorite producer that you worked with then what and why like what bands had you worked with previously um
1: well the two the only two real major ones um were ed rose who'd um who'd done the casket lottery and, and some other guys um and then we went on disappointment island with greg norman we went over to um electrical audio in chicago which is um steve albini's studio oh. i always wanted to go there because of all the like amazing albums that were recorded there and um and we just thought you know this is a you know life short we might as well just save up and um and go over and and just do it there because we've always you know all of us wanted that experience so working with Greg was was hilarious he's he's really funny and he's he's really quick and easy to work with and then um so that that was a really good experience just being at electrical and and then like sitting around having a coffee with Steve Albini was pretty
0: yeah, wow. strange. Yeah. <laughs> so wow.
1: Just like in a bit of a dream, in a bit of a dream for those ten days. Um, so so would have liked to have longer, but we just couldn't afford to stay any any longer for that really. But um so it got a bit rushed in the end. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was such a good experience, that one.
0: But just say there's a different experience between the two, because obviously one you're recording at home.
1: Yeah.
0: You're at home country and then obviously the other one you go in to different
1: yeah yeah for sure it was um I don't know if I could put my finger on what different I mean to be honest though we didn't live in Brighton so that that kind of felt like a holiday you know we were all sleeping in a room together like for the few hours we could and then working from like I think it was like half eight till about 11 at night every night every day so you know it was pretty intense in Brighton and the fact that Ed was there and you know we're in a good studio that kind of really made made it uh but then yeah going to electrical was just like it's one of those it's one of my most famous studios in in the world for this kind of music and for all sorts of all sorts of reasons really and uh being such a big um greg norman and steve albini fan it was just it's pretty sweet that we could uh we actually got to take that off the list of things to do in our lifetime so
0: oh but i bet so uh a question we asked Ask yeah. everybody, um, what show would you go back to if you could go back to any show in time with any band in any place? Where would you go?
1: Oh, that has got to be. I think maybe Philadelphia. We used to play, uh, used to play in Philadelphia at this at this place, and it was it was so good because everyone would just go absolutely wild. Really, it was in the basement of this church, but it was wow. it was yeah. I don't know, there was something about the energy in the room, it was so hot as well, but um, it just had the kind of most incredible energy, I think, of one of of any of the shows that we played and um, really nice to get that kind of thing back from from the crowd and stuff and it makes you want to play better and and harder and stuff, so.
0: Philadelphia of all places.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Or Chicago, because that's always been very close, very close to my heart, Chicago. Mainly because the Smashing Pumpkins are from there, <laughs> uh, of course. so going back there is always always awesome. We've always had like one of the best shows in Chicago. We have quite a big uh, following of people there. Um, I think because the kind of music is from around that area as well. So um, that's helpful,
0: yeah. Uh, so would you say the states is sort of your favourite place to tour outside of sort of England?
1: Yeah, I think we've got the most following in America.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: um, I don't think we're particularly well known anywhere. Um, <laughs>
0: maybe a little bit over there. I mean, you um, played in South America and Australia. That's.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, I think so. Yeah, it just feels like the music fits in well there and the people. You know, there's a lot of people coming to the shows. I just feel kind of at home touring around America. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a good experience. I like. In some ways, I like the distance that you have to travel in the van, and other times it can kind of drive you a bit mad. But yeah, yeah, that. Um, yeah, it feels like oh, we're properly touring when you have to drive for like 14 hours between shows and be exhausted, and but you kind of reach this other like place in your mind where you just have to like sleep, eat, and play a show, and that's it. And it makes life so simple, and it's actually like reduces it down to such a nice existence where. Yeah, you haven't got to think about anything else. There's no stress. I mean, there's obviously stress of like, can we get this to the show on time? And like, are we going to play well? Have we had enough rest and eaten and stuff? But, you know, they're pretty, it makes life quite simple and quite enjoyable.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So what would you, what would the differences be between touring America and touring in the UK, touring in like your own home country?
1: Um, well, we've never really done yourself. like a good tour in the UK. We've only, we've only kind of played... Um, kind of like smaller venues over here so it's different but in America like when you start playing the bigger places there are there are a lot of people kind of um, well in, in some of them anyway kind of like well, it's, I don't want to well what you get food for a start <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that's always a bonus um, I don't know really do not know what the difference is it just feels more like a holiday because it's not England
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that as
1: well. Like a holiday, like driving up, up north and like playing in Manchester and stuff. I don't know. I just like getting away from the UK really. So, going to America was always quite a a big highlight of my year. So I've been missing the fact that we can't do it at the moment.
0: So you got plans to sort of go back when this is all over
1: um we haven't got any plans for doing anything apart from buying a new record we're pretty aware that it's been ages since we've released anything new um and so we don't we could go and tour the same music that we always have i'm sure it would be okay but um we really want to have something new written and out before we do anything again so um We'll see how long that might take
0: so has that writing process started yet or have you just not been able to do anything we at all we
1: haven't been able to Tim's like started a few like riffs and sent them over but I mean it's really difficult like I don't have a drum kit here so having to program drums on a computer is just like it's not the same um, as, it, as it is when we can just get together and like play together so
0: yeah wow well, so can
1: you,
0: can you tell us any more who you are planning on recording with or anything like that
1: I've no idea. I don't know. I've I hope we can. Out. I hope. no. I mean, we don't even have any songs yet. So um, oh. I think when when we get some together, uh, then we can have a have a think about where we want to go. But yeah, I mean, I'd be well up for going back to Electrical Audio. I had such a good time there. Um, uh, whether we can whether we can get make, make it back to Chicago in any time soon, but. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll play
0: after next, hopefully, after the next record, you're about to play in uh, Iceland as well.
1: Yeah, let me see.
0: So, just to we'll sort of end it here then. So, um, what are you currently listening to, and is there any shout outs you want to give?
1: Um, I, ju- I am just listening to kind of electronic music at the moment. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to Math Rock for ages and ages. Um, I don't know about what the other guys are listening to.
0: It kind of gets like that, doesn't it? I mean, I play in sort of a heavier sort of band, so it's quite heavy music, and you just get to a point where you play it and listen to it so much that you don't want to listen to it. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's the thing, because we'd be on tour for like, you know, five, six weeks, and every night there were like two or three other math rock bands playing, and by the end of it, I was just like, I don't know if I can listen to this yeah, um, yeah. anymore because it used to be all i thought about you know it's like and then i took took a big break i've always been into electronic stuff so i listened to that a lot and um and it kind of gives you a little bit of distance back to then start getting excited about math rock stuff again and indeed and like music with drums and like real instruments in yeah
0: there. makes you go back to those records that you sort of loved, doesn't it yeah
1: and that's what i've started doing is like Listening back to Owls and Believe and then being like, Oh, yeah, I'm like really kind of really excited to get back together with the guys and like and start writing some stuff again. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've been listening to Lad Dispute pretty much every single day.
0: Yeah, they play, I think they played the year I saw you guys. Did, yeah, time.
1: yeah, That's That's so, love that shows. So
0: yeah, crazy. So, uh, is there any shout out you just want to give?
1: Not really. Well, just to Tim and Henry because I haven't seen them in ages. Oh, bless. <laughs> it be nice to see them. <laughs>
0: Let's place. hope they listen to it and hear you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> bless. Well, on. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank hopefully, you.
1: Thank um, you very much. Yeah, you too.
0: Hopefully we can hear that TTNG record real soon. Hopefully, you yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It might be a little while because we're pretty slow at writing at the best of times. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm planning on... on well, I mean, hopefully we can meet up in June or July or something and then really crack on with getting some stuff done. So yeah,
0: I've
1: yeah. got the desire to do it. So well, yeah, so,
0: fingers crossed. Best of luck to you.
1: Thank you very much. Right. Cheers, Bye. Chris. Bye. Thank you very much, mate. See ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to that episode. Um, make sure you follow Chris on socials um, and yeah, keep an eye out for that new TTNG record that i will be working on. Um, thank you again.
1: Make sure you follow Fortline Social on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you.